Hello, welcome back to another episode of Talking Picture Talk. I am Sean. Here with me is Joe. Uh, tonight's episode should be an interesting one, to say the least. We are going to focus on one film tonight that Joe and I saw on Tuesday. It's now Thursday, so it's pretty fresh in our heads still, unfortunately. I've forgotten everything. <laughs> I say unfortunately because it may, no exaggeration, it may have been the darkest movie i've ever seen in my life yeah it's it's up there <laughs> it's certainly it's up rough. there <laughs> it was a rough sit um the movie we're talking about is called the house that jack built directed by lars von trier that name should strike fear in your hearts i brought him up uh yeah the, a couple you, you love ago. antichrist yeah, i love and <laughs> love antichrist it was funny actually like when we we're in the theater i i almost like like slapped your arm and nudge we should actually talk about the theater we saw it in but um there's a p- part in the movie where somebody calls jack antichrist <laughs> yeah i remember that. And there's yeah. also yeah. scenes from lars von Trier's earlier movie uh breaking the waves and a scene from melancholia thing yeah. in this movie <laughs> there's a scene from everything nymphomaniac yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was, what in was that too. about? Uh, <laughs> what, what was all yeah. of it about? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that, but 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 first, uh, l- let me do a quick gripe session here. There we go. <clears throat> so, <laughs> all right. The House of Jack built, of course, got a lot of a lot of uh, uh, attention at the Cannes Film Festival, yeah. where there were simultaneously hundreds of walkouts during the movie people left and then at the end it got a standing ovation right which is very very odd but you can kind of see how it happened with this movie it deals with the sort of progression of a serial killer over uh 12 like 12 12 years years. but not exactly so i think the movie in order they focused on five separate incidents yes of murder at one point he says he killed 60 plus people yeah and we see five of those well no, well, well yeah, <laughs> you see, yeah, you see yeah, the not, bodies. Yeah, the numbers. Anyway, know. it's quite a house. Uh, <laughs> so, knowing we knew this movie would be tough to find, and it, I, from what I gathered, it only had four screenings in the state of Pennsylvania, and they were all at the Philadelphia Film Center, uh, formerly the Prince Theater, the Black Box Theater, um, and we saw one of the four screenings that that it had in the entire, and it, it wasn't terribly crowded or anything, kind of the crowd we expected there, um, but but. Knowing this, we thought you know there might it might it might get a draw because it had a lot a lot of a lot of intrigue uh, after after it's it's showing it at at the Cannes Film Festival. So we get tickets online the night before, and I'm coming from uh, Contrahaken to Center City during rush hour on a Tuesday night, and I'm not terribly sure with this theater, but we'll get there in a second because it was not a traditional movie theater right. by, by any stretch. So it's like. I think we probably got to get there a little bit early to make sure that we have uh, seats. Um, <clears throat> so I show up to this this theater, and, it, and it's the old Prince Theater. We've, we've, we've been there a handful of times, I guess, for the uh, Philly, Film Fe- Philly Film Festival uh, screenings that we've seen there. So I go in, and it's uh, it's probably like 6.40. The movie starts at 7.30, so I'm super early. But at the same time, I was kind of like, all right, like, didn't hit as much traffic as I thought. Like, wanted to get in there. Got to scope out this theater situation because it's the way – and we'll get in more into the theater. But the way the theater is set up is it's like a comedy club with – Round tables. Like, round tables, like folding four, chairs. Four <laughs> chairs at each table. It's, it's like – and there's like – like, there might as well have been candles in there. Right. So the the space is was obviously designed not for movies. It, not, not at all. I mean, there was a group of girls that sat behind us, and I was like, I don't know if they're going to see. 
Right. Like, because we're, too, we're yeah. sitting kind of in the front. So, it really, really bizarre design. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to get there early, make sure that we get we get decent seats. And I, I had you, you and D's tickets who are coming separately. So, I go in, um, and they have, like, a big lobby, and there's a bunch of chairs. So, I just kind of sit at one of the chairs. Um, there's a guy like at the contestant stand, there's like a ticket taker, but I'm obviously, I obviously know the theater's probably not ready 50 minutes before the movie begins. So right. I'm just sitting there and, uh, a woman comes over to me and she says, uh, hi, what are you here to see? And I said, oh, the house that Jack built at seven 30. And she's like, well, it's six 30 now. And it, it wasn't six 30, but I was like, it was probably six 40. I was like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm really early. <laughs> and I, she's like, well, we just can't have people waiting in our lobby. And I was like, well, I'm just waiting. All my friends are coming. Like, I already, I already have tickets. So, and she's like, well, we don't have the accommodations to have people just sitting in our lobby. And I was like, uh, like, I'm sorry. What do you like? What do you mean? Like, is yeah, that what a lobby's for? Accommodations. That's what she said. So she was like, we just can't have people an hour before the movie sit in the lobby. And I was like, but that's that's the whole point of the lobby. Right. So she said, well, not really. And so I get up, and I, I literally was just sitting there, and I like they have like um like little like pamphlets, I guess, with movies coming to the theater. So yeah. I'm, I'm, fi- I'm physically reading about other opportunities to come to their theater. Right. So she kicks me out. And as I'm walking out, I'm just like, this is kind of ridiculous. And she's like, no, it's not. I was like, well, like, what am I going to do? Go stand outside. It's like freezing. And she's like, go wait in the Walgreens. <laughs> There's a Walgreens across the street. So I'm not going to go to the Walgreens and just stand in a Walgreens or walk around a Walgreens. So I just, I just kind of like leave and I sort of walk around. And then 10 minutes later, you and D show up. So, we're standing outside, and I'm telling you guys the story, and uh, I was like, I don't know if we're going to be allowed to go in there, and, and he's like, well, i got to get to the bathroom, so try it. <laughs> so we walk in, and there's like a woman at the box office, and this was not the woman who kicked me out, right. and I just said, uh, like, hey, we already have Teddy Hits, um, are we okay to like sit in here? And she like kind of started apologizing, and then the woman who kicks me out comes like running down the steps, Yeah, and she's like... She's like, tried to make amends. Yeah, and right? she was like, sir, I have to apologize to you, I am so sorry, like, I should not, I should not have kicked you out. Uh, blah blah blah, and she's like, "When I don't wear my watch, I, I don't know what time it was. I thought it was earlier, but I was like, well, you said it was. Yeah, you told me it was six thirty, and it was six forty. So you're ten minutes off. And is, is are those the ten minutes where people can't sit in the theater for? <laughs> and I went on their website when I got home. The box office opens an hour before the first screening. Yeah. So theoretically, you could get there an hour before the first screening and buy tickets. Yeah, she must be new. So I don't, I don't know though. So right. she's she's like apologizing like crazy, and I'm just like, yeah, it's it's fine, like it's fine, it's fine. Um. And then the woman trying to scan our tickets, I mean, it was nice. She was an older woman. Yeah. And she was having a lot of trouble yeah, with trouble the with electronic tickets. So, like, mm-hmm. the guy wanted to help her, but she was like, no, I can do it. And it's it's not, like, like obviously, it's it's fine. It, it's all good. And, like, there was other people there that were, like, really nice, really accommodating. But I just can't can't let go of this, that she was like, you can't, you can't sit in the lobby an hour before the movie. Right. I bought a ticket. I should be allowed to sit in the lobby. I'm like... What, what am I doing? Like, what, what could I possibly do? You have, you have a guy, you have people working there. You have a woman at the box office. You have a guy selling concessions. Like, what's the point of even having those people there yeah, right. if no one can, can hang out in the lobby? Like, I, I don't understand how that's not, yeah. that's not the point. So this is the Philadelphia Film Center. Uh, it, it's just, it's just, it's just it, like, that was ridiculous. You would never get that at Bryn Mawr ever. It's, it, Bryn Mawr's ran so much better. Yeah. Um, and, and in another world, I could have just been like, I'm not leaving. And she could have called the cops. And I could have taken a video of me getting arrested for sitting in the th- theater 30 minutes before a movie began and, and own, own the Philadelphia Film Center. But I want everyone to take a page out of my book and not – no need to escalate matters. Um, if you're told to leave you know, an establishment, just leave. No, no, need, no need to escalate. She apologized. It was fine. 
I mean, the only reason we went there, we'll never go to that theater if it's not, you know, the film, the festival, the, the, fest, the yeah. festival, and there's a movie we really want to see. We saw Manchester. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> remember? So Manchester last Philly Film Festival um, is at the at the Prince Theater, the Philly Film Centers are calling it now. Uh, we see Manchester at like seven, and we had tickets for uh, movie was called. Um, yeah, a the Korean movie, uh, Handmaiden. The Handmaiden. Yeah. Um, and we had tickets for that at like ten in the same theater. So it was the very next movie. But they made everyone leave, go outside, get back in line, right. and yeah. then come back in. It just it was so stupid and it's so so shoddily ran. Um, you know, I, we have Bryn Mawr down the street, and it's so much nicer. The people are so much better. It's so much it's so much more well ran that I, I would really never recommend going to the Philly Film Center unless you have to see a movie like. Uh, <laughs> Like the house that Jack built, which yeah. uh, which you're just not going to find anywhere else. One night only special engagement. It was. It, was, it, it should have been. It should yeah, have been as, as it should have. Uh, no no walkouts out of our screening. Yeah, um, I came close. There was there's probably t- there was there's I, I really don't do well. Like the one thing I really can't do in movies, and this did not happen in the house that Jack built, but there was something similar. Is when a person goes underwater and is being held underwater. Like I, I get really like I, I can't breathe. That that's the one that's, thing that really. Uh, that's interesting. I <clears throat> my experience, my one experience where I thought I was gonna have to get up and get sick was during the movie Shame, starring Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. There's the scene where the main his it, character. Fast forward twenty seconds if, <laughs> if you don't want a spoiler. I think yeah, I know where you're going. Where the main character's sister tries to commit suicide by slitting her wrists, and that alone I don't like. I don't. Like the wrists, that makes me yeah. squeamish. Yeah, I can't do that either. Um, and there's just she does it. She doesn't kill herself. She's not successful, mm-hmm. but she cuts her wrists. And there, <laughs> and it's just like a like five minute shot. They hold on this shot, mm-hmm. like a wide shot. It's like down the hallway. The bathroom door is open. You just see blood all over the floor and just like her legs. She's like laying on the ground, mm-hmm. and like she's ghost white. Isn't it's like so white? The floor and walls are white too. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's and like this weird, a, like... Yeah. He, he, I mean, yeah, he, he was going for something with that scene. That's like a Stanley Kubrick thing where everything's white. Yeah. And she was, yeah, she's, I mean, she's I, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan was the actress, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's pasty to begin with, but yeah, that scene was... So I don't like white, like, corpse-like bodies that have, <laughs> that have like, just lost a <laughs> yeah. ton of blood. And there's right. so much of this in the house that Jack built. Uh, yeah. And I had oh, to, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to, like... I didn't know that was... A... <laughs> Anytime where it looked like I was just like scratching my eyes, I was like kind of averting my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll we'll get to it. Um, uh, I mean, if you if you really want to see, for the record, I didn't get sick and shame. I put my head between my legs and started deep breathing, breathing deeply, (laughs) and it worked. Um, I never walked out. You know, in a theater, the one thing that made me like like come very close to, to vomiting wasn't even a gruesome. It was gruesome, but it was a sound. And it's in 127 hours, the movie where James Franco is like yeah. a hiker and he gets his arm stuck between a rock and a yeah. hard place. So he's going to cut his own arm off, but to do that, he has to break he has the to bone. The... And the sound it makes when yeah. he breaks his bone, because it like echoes through like this cave and right. it is so, you know, it's going to be terrible and you're bracing for it, but you don't expect the sound. And the right. sound, I, I remember I saw that, I saw it at Bryn Mawr and the sound was just like, oh, it was, that was terrible. And then there's like a that sound that they do when he like cuts the nerve and that's it's like i a, mean it's, it's like, like a violin or right, something, right? Yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> even that's rough but yeah yeah oh my god that's a good movie that, that, that ooh, yeah um <clears throat> yeah the house of jack built though had i'm gonna say it's the second worst uh murder scene i've ever seen in a movie but we'll get to that so 
uh, I guess we. Yeah, we should, how do you want to order this? I guess we should start that. with with start with the incidents. Well, I guess we start incident with with, with with Jack played by Matt Dillon. How how do you think he was? Is fantastic. The, uh, yeah, I thought he was great too. Incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, there, there's people like hate Crash now. It's like so popular to hate that movie. Right. And these these said it right before when we we're kind of sitting there <laughs> waiting for the movie to start. Like his scene and his one scene and well, he's a lot of scenes in, in Crash. He I guess he's arguably the main 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 character. But he has like the one scene with Ryan Phillippe in the parking lot, and it's really good acting. And then I watched there's something about Mary, where he's, he's it's just so funny. It's yeah. it's up there with like Philip Seymour Hoffman and like a <laughs> uh, supporting comedic performance role, like like Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman was in Along Came Polly. Right. Um, and then I guess he was sort of like a, more of like a teen idol than anything, with like The Outsiders and movies like yeah, that. But this is this is definitely the best. Uh, it's true. He's also fifty four. Yeah, you know he, he, he doesn't look older than he did I thought, in 99. I thought like 40, something about Mary. 42, yeah, like he, the most. Yeah, he really is. Uh, guy I, looks I don't good. Know. He's in, yeah, he's guy in, looks good. He's in good shape. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought, though, though he, he played it he played it really well. I, I know that he's, he, I mean, everyone's in the, involved in the movie is going to get some kind of criticism because people are, like, violently opposed to the violence in the movie. People just can't. Can't really handle that. And what we saw was an R-rated cut. So apparently, from what I understand, there's a director's cut, which they screened in, I think it was like like Northern Ireland was the only place they screened. It was somewhere, it was like a weird, it was somewhere weird. It was the only place they screened the uh, director's cut. But I think there's a scene where uh, he mutilates a woman's body pretty bad. And we don't, we see the aftermath of it, but we don't see uh the, the bloodshed yeah. so um that was like i think that's that's there's a part of that in from like a review i read there's a part uh where they show the cut being made <laughs> um and and that's that's in the director's cut i'm not sure really what else could have been cut because it is pretty pretty vicious yeah. um but so, i feel like there's a lot of that where they don't show the killing they show the aftermath or they show oh yeah that's that's like yeah yeah that's what you're saying whole, right yeah, okay, yeah 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 i think i think um I mean, there's there's some some scenes that involve children, and I doubt that even in the director's cut they show like, yeah, they show mm-hmm. you know. I, if if you want to see mm-hmm. the house of Jack built, just stop listening to this and come back and listen to it when because it's going to be impossible to talk well, about this without. Well, I'm glad. Hold on, don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> because I'm glad you bring that up because I feel like I feel like someone could have told me everything that happens in this movie mm-hmm. right before I went into it, and I still would have gotten like the same reaction. I feel like you almost can't like. You can't like spoil this movie. Yeah, I don't know, because you get such like a visceral reaction yeah. from it that someone's yeah. words don't it's do true. it. It's true. It's true. It is very true. I mean, so stay if you want. Yeah, we're, well, whatever. we're, we're gonna we're gonna be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, try we'll, to be as we'll, big as possible. So the the opening of the movie is it's it's uh, just a black screen for about uh, maybe a thirty seconds to a minute, and it's two voices having a conversation. One is unmistakably Matt Matt Dillon, the yeah. other one. Is uh, the actor Bruno Bruno Gans, who, who's in a couple uh, Lars von Trier movies, but uh, you kind of get the understanding of what's happening because Matt Damon's. Or, uh, I want to call him Matt Damon this entire episode. <laughs> I, I've already <laughs> yeah, called yeah. myself like three Matt times. <laughs> Matt Dillon's character is asking the other character. Obviously, it's all black. He's saying, um, "You know, are people allowed to talk?" And he says, right. "You know, very few people have made the journey without without talking." He words it in a more poetic way, but um, y- y- you know that through their brief conversation at the beginning of the movie that Matt Dillon is being escorted to hell by right. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so <clears throat> yeah, for a while I kind of, yeah, I guess I missed, I don't know. 
some of those things that would have like tipped you off to that. I thought it was yeah. like a confession for most of the movie because they keep going back to the him those two talking uh, and he said, like, yeah, throughout he's, the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of their voiceover. Yeah. And I saw it as like a confession, but well, I mean, no it way. Is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, a confession as they go to hell. Right. So Matt Dillon just tells this guy, still black screen, you don't know what's going on. He basically just tells him, I'm going to break it down into five incidents. incidents and yeah. the guy's saying like, okay, but you're not going to like surprise me. Right. <laughs> and little, little does this, this guy who leads people into hell know. <laughs> um, so incident one is a... Uh, incident one's your standard murder. Yeah. He picks it. Yeah. It, um, yeah. And I mean, it is. It's like the premise of like your typical pretty slasher much thriller. Yeah. Uh, he picks Uma Thurman up on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Her car broke down, tires flat. Um, he takes her somewhere to like get the jack fixed or something like that. The jack for the car. What? Yeah, see, what are the odds that there would be like a well? I mean, it, it takes place in, in presumably Washington state because he said he could see like the, um, what is it, the Mount Helena uh, right, like, explosion yeah. from his yeah, house? And it's mm-hmm. like all, it's definitely the Pacific Northwest. It's like always raining and there's yeah. like always like, kind of snow on the ground. Right. Um, so you like, she stopped on the road. He pulls up and it's just red serial killer yeah. van. Mm-hmm. You, you could not make a, there's a it's lot great. of stuff that's kind of just like, like, all right. I mean, a lot of stuff he does, he gets pretty brazen with, with the crimes as the movie goes on, I guess. But, um, so yeah, she's got like a broken car jack and he takes her to get it like welded. You're right. That's right. And then yeah. he, he, so this brings up a, a thing in the movie that a lot of people have a problem with. Um, this opening scene, he basically is driving her back and forth like five times. And there's a yeah. lot of repetition in the movie, like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff where, He'll do something, and then it'll rewind back, and then it kind of shows you more. So the movie's runtime is two hours and thirty-five minutes, which is which is long. Yeah, um, it's I, I a thought lot of time it, to be sitting in those chairs. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we'll we'll get to that at the yeah. end of the theater. Um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of repetition. Like it's a lot of this. You're seeing the same stuff over and over again, and not necessarily from a new perspective. You're just it's just maybe a little bit tweaked, but you're seeing a lot of the same stuff happen in, in the individual segments what do you what do you think of i mean did that bother you um because that's that's the only thing that made it feel longer to me yeah i don't no i guess not i don't know yeah it's just like it's almost like it's in real time like there's no like he from when he picks her up to to when he kills her spoiler alert um like you're with him the entire time right yeah um so i i guess in a way that kind of works but he ends up they kind of fix the jack and she's like taunting him saying he like looks yeah. like a serial killer but yeah. he doesn't have like the stomach for it or something like right. it's kind of weird um so yeah hands yeah, up. i think he really i mean i think he was just trying to help her right <laughs> like i got the impression do you, she, do you think he would have done it if she wasn't like egging him on i got the impression he didn't want to kill her right like he was just driving yeah and this happened and then he had the capacity to kill somebody so she was annoying so he did yeah um, that's kind of what I took from, him. but I don't think that, you know, he was not angling to kill her. Right. I don't think, um, then again, it's hard to get into, into his mind, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that was the first one, right? Cause uh, he takes her back to the freezer and it's like empty. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's, he's talking about, um, I don't know if they, don't know if they mention it. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's another point. I mean, he's in the same general area the entire time. He like, he kind of leaves like a calling card, like yeah. you would see in like a serial killer movie, and yeah, it becomes like notorious like, later on. Yeah. So he sends like pictures to the paper, and and I was I was thinking about this as well. So so 
in the in the first I mean in the first act the first segment whatever they call it you find out like he's an he's a an engineer but he's really into architecture and he's yeah. like he inherited a plot of land you find out he like had family money and he's trying to build a house on this plot of land right but he just can't seem to get it right and that's kind of like a running joke almost throughout the uh throughout the movie that he can't quite figure out this like lakefront house and what to build it out of and and all this stuff so um but yeah he he also has like a, a freezer he bought from like a pizza company and so it's just all these boxes of frozen pizza and he just starts keeping bodies there he's really in the middle of nowhere so there's not a ton of you wouldn't really know it i guess you wouldn't think think that it could be happening in, in this this area but but of course it is um uma thurman not her best work she's uh i don't think she's really into acting anymore no i just I she's just kind of like why is she well, i mean it's odd that she's not getting you know like why is she not getting julia roberts type roles i don't think she goes for those I, it's weird though like what does she know. do i mean what yeah. was the last like hangs out with tarantino yeah like, what was the last legitimate thing she's been in <laughs> kill bill yeah i can't uh, she's actually i think she was in was she in nymphomaniac she's been in one of his other movies i, just say that. I think that's what it was yeah um let me see here yeah i believe that's what it was but uh man i mean that's right she was poison ivy and uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so, God, yeah she's she, been in um, really nothing no yeah she wasn't that was pretty much the last big movie she was in the nymphomaniacs yeah, All right. there you go. Um, so she she hangs out with Bontrier then. <laughs> Yikes. <an> interesting company <laughs> to keep. Apparently, uh, she was not at the premiere of the movie, though. So make of that what you will. <laughs> um, I mean, she gets bashed up pretty good by, yeah. by this guy. So that kind of it kind of sets a table that, that the first uh, the first incident um, sort of sets it up for the rest of the movie. But I think that the second incident, I believe, is when uh, he pretends he's a cop. Is that the second one? Yes. So yep. the second incident is where you start seeing like more of how the, the the whole the whole movie is told through the point of view of of Jack. So right. you're hearing all his thoughts and like how he views the world and sees mm-hmm. things, and that's that's another thing that unsettles people because it's not yeah. how they would you know necessarily what they would agree with. Right. Um, but that second the second scene he it's when you start seeing the layers yeah to yeah. him and, for and sure they, and, and they don't show like. They don't show, they basically, every incident, the story he tells, it. it's not about, like, here's who this person is, here's how I know them, here's what I did to, to get in their good graces, this yeah. is the whole story. It's yeah. literally just the half hour or so that he takes yeah. to kill them. So that'll come up in the third incident, that's something I really liked. Yeah. yeah. What was the third, the hunting? The hunting, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Um, <clears throat> so this was, this was the most difficult, the second most difficult death scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, as I said, when big. people are like drowning, I can't take mm-hmm. that. This one, he just chokes out this yeah. woman. And she is choking for a while. And she's like still alive, though. Yeah. And she's like gurgling. Right. And it's just, it's a lot of, a lot of unpleasant sounds. Yeah, it's horrible. Right? And, and then he's just like, he like kind of like toys with her. He's like being really nice. Yeah. And he like gives her tea. Yep. And he has like a donut for some reason. And he's like, yeah. oh, you're doing like a donut. And then she like starts to sit up. She's like, oh, no. And then he goes and like completely finishes the job. Yeah. So. And then for whatever reason, he, like, puts a knife into her heart. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Yeah. And he's just um, kind of, like, fumbling around with it, too. He's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you know Lars von Trier's movies, you know he doesn't, he's not, like, a conventional director. He doesn't do tropes. No, and, no he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. Um, yeah. I mean, Jack is definitely not your typical, like, Hollywood thrasher thriller 
killer. No, no, not at all. And it's definitely and flawed. His whole thing is like it's not like he he it's not like he only picks up like, you know, 17-year-old girls. That's that's not that's not his his thing. And I guess serial killers all have a thing. His is the art of it. Like he makes, yeah. he takes pictures mm-hmm. of it and kind of like poses people and yeah, he, he makes like corpse mannequins. Dabbles in taxidermy a little bit with, with humans. And yeah. so it's, it's art. It's all art for him. Mm-hmm. And that's like his thing. It's, it's, it's like, a. I mean, it, we're going to get to the third part, which is definitely where people all walked out at, um, which would be like, uh, which would be like performance art almost for, for a, a scene yeah. there when he's forcing the, the mother to do, yeah. oh, um, so yeah, that that's the worst thing. But but uh, in this scene, um, you learn that that he really struggles with OCD, and it's it's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, he murders this woman, takes the picture, stabs her. Uh, clean. He 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 can't leave a room that's not spotless. So he cleans it. He like wraps her up in something, brings her out to the van, uh, and he leaves. And he gets in the car, and like we all do this. Like you get in your car, and you're like, oh, did I turn the stove off? Shit, I gotta go back in yeah. there. And then you run back in. So he goes back in the car, and they'll show like like a like a flash of him in his mind seeing blood like on a chair yeah so he goes back into the house to clean it he does it about yeah. four or five times because yeah. he just can't let it go and, and so at one good. point he hears police sirens yeah and he still goes back in yeah and to, to like clean even yeah. though he knows like the cops are closing because he just can't get over this 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 mental thing that he has this block um and i thought that was that was an awesome awesome scene um that probably my favorite of the movie at that scene i thought like i'm watching the darkest this is a comedy it's the darkest yeah that's the darkest movie that is also somehow a comedy oh yeah there's definitely like he's there's like he's definitely trying to be funny in in that movie like there's definitely parts where he's trying to be to be funny and i don't think he's a i don't think lars von trier has a good like i think lars von trier thinks he's funny but i don't think he has a good sense of humor like he's not (laughs) the jokes aren't landing (laughs) necessarily but i think he's trying to be funny like um and, and we'll get to the the end which which was bizarre and definitely his last joke but um so, so this is where you kind of learn more about the character and, and, you know, that he's struggling with, with this horrible OCD and, and even the guy walking to hell, they're kind of, you're, you hear their conversation. That's like the narration of the movies. These guys talking and he's saying like a serial killer with like OCD, like, wow, like haven't, haven't heard that one before. Right. Um, so then we get to, uh, oh, <laughs> um, and then there's a scene in that this happens in, in a couple different spots of the movie where he talks to cops yeah and at one point like they basically tells a cop like i'm a killer (laughs) he just kind of says like to their face but um so so this was this there's another really good scene with him and him and a police officer that he runs into that's in the second second act yeah um the or the second incident uh the third incident yeah that's that's where people were were walking out for sure so you had mentioned about how we don't really know like how we Mm -hmm. came to meet these people and stuff this scene just starts with him clearly on a hunting trip with this woman and her two small children, mm-hmm. both probably under the age of 10, right. these kids. And <clears throat> I remember we walked out and I said, I didn't like that. Like I wanted to know how, yeah. How it like, came to how be. We got, yeah. And, and, and you said to me, like, we don't really need to see that. You, you kind of like, you kind of just know that he's probably playing like a long con. Like mm-hmm. he's probably been with this woman for like a couple months. That that's and like got close with the kids and stuff. Yeah, that's how I and I was like, that's actually yeah. That's, that's good. So, sort of what I chalked it up to because I mean, it's Matt Dillon. He's a good looking guy, and right. they're. I mean, the the one thing with his performance, he's not like. 
and, and they, they bring it we, we have to get to, to this part in a second we might as well do it now so the first four incidents are all women and they're they all do like like exactly what you're not supposed to do when you're in like an uncomfortable situation like yeah i yeah. mean or how they get it i guess and, and and the whole point is lars von trier of being accused of, of many things it's a misogynist first and foremost that's the number one thing that he is hugely uh, accused of and i think that in, in the movie that the gentleman verge walking walking him to hell is saying like 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 you make the women in your story seem to be so stupid like why are you doing that do you think like do you get power from it do you is, is that why you're doing this and i right. think there's a lot of lars von trier in the movie matt dylan i saw an interview yeah. and said like yeah like there's like he's really ocd like that there's definitely like like the thing with matt dylan's character can't sleep on a bed that has a like a wrinkle in the sheet mm-hmm. like that's lars von trier that's a true true thing with him um but he's trying i think to almost like and and this is i just don't it didn't that that part didn't really get resolved when he brings up like all right why were they all women and why uh why are they so like inept because they never he never like he doesn't i mean he never von trier never takes the heat off himself He's just kind of like, Matt Dillon's like, well, I've killed men too. Right, yeah. That's like the whole, that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm not just, I don't just kill women. I, I, I'm not trying to boost myself up, be, you know, by making, bringing them down or anything like that. Yeah. And maybe it's Von Trier saying like, I don't know, back off me. Like, I mean, right. I mean most of the movies star women. Um, that, yeah, that is, I mean, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah, she's in all of them. I mean, Emily Watson strong was actress. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Nymphomaniac is, is. Well, Charlie Kingsburg again. Yeah. <laughs> She's a star. Um, and, and, and then in this movie, I mean, Kirsten Dunst and yeah, Mel yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, that's because there's a lot of people that are drawing parallels to Lars von Trier's career, like the violence in movies. He's using his own movies, and they're talking about. Um, there's a scene where Matt Dillon is explaining like people create art because they don't want to live out like like what the art they're creating is what they can't do what they can't in, do in a in controlled society. Right. Yeah. So, so in other words, Tarantino is making these movies to get out some kind of demon. That's why right. his movies are so, so gory. And Vajra has been accused of that. So he's showing clips of his own movies. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different cutaways and kind of so many. Yeah. So there's this, a lot this of, this was like, this was like a slasher film <clears throat> wrapped in like a experimental, like, yeah spiritual yeah they're, they're just show, they'll show like a slideshow of like <laughs> art so much, yeah. it's, it's really it's, it's like it's a cutaway to like stuff, yeah. archival footage of like a tiger yeah archival yeah. footage of like an old like disney cartoon yep. with yeah, like lambs there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff in there um there's, but uh i'm pretty sure they yeah. cut away to do you remember that movie night and fog that like really raw documentary about the holocaust there were. I'm there, pretty sure they cut to that. Yeah, there were. Well, there was. Um, because there's like cutaways of like. There's a lot about the Holocaust. Um, okay. and you can sort of draw. You can sort of draw lines. So, incident one is about art, and they talk about art a lot and architecture a lot. And incident one, he's explaining, you know, me hitting Uma Thurman's face with. Uh, a car jack and the way her face looks that is art that's the same and they're showing like like after she takes the blow to the face they kind of obviously the makeup people make her face look a certain way and it looks like an old painting and then he shows you the old painting Mm -hmm. um so he's explaining like this is art and then the the second the second act i guess he 
he kind of talks about mental illness and his, his OCD and that's sort of like the thread through there. And then the third one is the Holocaust because it's literally a killing field. And they're showing like, I know they show, so Bruno Gans, the guy who plays, um, the guy who plays Verge, the, the, the guy walking him to hell, yeah. uh, he played Hitler in a movie. No mm-hmm. one wants to play that role. Like that's not the role you want to play. And um, I, I just remember Michael Haneke, uh, who is Austrian, like got in a big fight with Bruno Gans for, it was a movie called Downfall. And uh, it's, that's, it's, I think it's like four hours. It's a really long movie. Um, but he was like, you can't play Hitler because it humanizes them. This is like a Hanukkah thing. But he plays Hitler. And I said, no, there's footage from that in there. And then there's real, there's just stock footage from the Holocaust um, yeah. in there mm-hmm. as well. So they're, yeah, they're, I, I, we, did we watch that movie, Night and Fog? I did in school at Temple. And it was yeah. rough. Someone walked out of that, I remember. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm, God, I can't remember if. I mean, I, I've definitely seen the movie. I guess it was... I'm trying to think of that guy's name. I may, I may watch it in school. It was... Um, wait. Oh, hold on now. Was it... Uh, hold on. <laughs> Radio sign. Yeah, hold on. Let's, Alan let's Rene get, pod. is the director. A-L-A-I-N? Or, yeah, however Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, that, that's that's right. Um, it's like a short documentary. Yes. Yeah, D and I may have rented that at at TLA Video like yeah, a while I, like, ago. I feel like I remember you having it. Like it was like sitting on like your table. Maybe I got it from like Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but yeah, there's probably footage from from that in there as well. So yeah, the third act definitely deals with um, uh, with with the genocide and and in it uh, back to back to it. Um, yeah, he's obviously dating this woman, got the two kids and he's taking them on a hunting trip, but he will not, you know, one kid says we're going to kill animals. He says, absolutely not. I'm like, no, we're not going to kill animals. And there's just like targets. Right. I, I don't know about you, but I really liked how that scene progressed from one part to the next. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In so, like one edit. And it was, <laughs> that's what I love. Like the one kid, the older boy is very like gung ho. He's like ready to mm-hmm. get up into the tower and shoot the gun at the targets the other boy's like clenching onto his mom. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be there. Whatever. Um, so Matt Dillon takes him up into the tower. They start shooting the targets mm-hmm. and they're having fun. Matt Dillon's like encouraging him. Like you're doing a great job. Yep. Then they do like a cutaway to him talking to Verge. Like their voiceover. Right. Or may- maybe it's something like that. They do a cutaway to some kind of like archival footage where there's a, you know, there's yeah. a voiceover. I think he's talking about hunting, probably. He's he's explaining he's explaining family, like families of like deer and doe, and like the order in which hunt. Like there's some hunting code of how you're supposed to. If there's like a mom and two, you're supposed to kill like like you kill the mom last because if you I forget what it was. It's like if you kill the mom first and the other ones, and you don't kill the other two, they're with the mom, then they'll die because they can't fend for themselves in, in the wilderness. Right. And so it's like a, one of those like hunting is so bizarre. Like they have like all these weird like rituals, but like that's a code of conduct right. in hunting. Mm-hmm. So you can't like it's fine if you put a bolt in the deer's head, but you can't let it die like in the wilderness on its own. Right. So it's I think it's yeah as horrible horrible as it is like what he's doing in the scene. Yeah. I think it's brilliant how they do that. So he's like establishing like trust with yeah. his family. And that's that's the only thing with the reviews. This guy's a, he's a good filmmaker. <clears throat> yeah. And maybe. Yeah. If he put his his just raw talent to other types of movies, he'd have ten Oscars. But like he's a really, really good, really good director. He's not not the best writer in the world. But right. and there's some of the dialogue is stupid. Some's 
brilliant, like in this movie. Though that's all his movies, though. But but the filmmaking itself is really really strong in this. Right. And like, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> already cut. It's it's like I said in the group chat before we saw this. The body count's going to be less than any Marvel movie. That's for sure. And it, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, there should be. I mean, Matt Dillon. Uh, there will no chance in hell he gets nominated for an Oscar, and there's certainly no chance that Lars von Trier gets nominated for an Oscar. But they both probably are yeah, deserving. I think it's deserving. Yeah. Um, and especially Lars von Trier. It's it's really well made. But anyway. So he's explaining. So yeah, so, yeah. Take so it away. I, <laughs> I don't know why I was so fascinated with this, but it's like so great how he's establishing establishing trust with his family. Like the mother is like she's like looking at him with like mm-hmm. a little like smile, like she really likes him. It cuts away to him explaining the whole thing, how you you know take out the young first, and then it cuts back to the mother and the kids hiding behind like, mm-hmm. a tree, terrified. Mm-hmm. And she's like, stay down. So there was, we don't see, so we don't, yeah, yeah we don't see the turn. You have absolutely we, no idea how it got from, yeah. We literally have him explain to us, like, what he's about to do to this family. Mm-hmm. And then it just, like, cuts he, to him doing it to the family. Yeah, he, like, explains the deer thing, and then he cuts, and he's like, he's so, like, there's no emotion to him. He's just like, and yeah. he's like, and, and right now they're not in, like, the order they need them to be in. And, like, eventually the boy stands up and runs, and he just, he's got, like, a high powered shotgun and yep. just takes his leg clean off. Like it just like right through his knee. Yeah. Um, so, so he ends up, yeah. So he ends up, uh, killing this family uh, um, in, the, in the manner that he said he was going to. Too. Yeah, exactly. In that, in that order. Like and then it was, in the voiceover, right. it's like, you can almost say what I did was like gentlemanly or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's another verge like, is like, Oh my God. The, like the pitch black humor that, that he, he brings yeah. in there. Uh, but that is probably not, I mean, look, viol- it's all, the whole movie is violence towards women and children primarily. Um, that is usually enough to get, I, I mean, your Rod Tomato score is down 50 points right off the bat. If, if there's any violence to, to a child, there's, it's, it's, all, it's, it's right. over. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, 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 this, this is not getting in theaters. Uh, so the one boy gets shot in the leg and they show it from like a very far distance. The other boy, you presume gets shot. In, I guess they, he does get shot in the head, but you don't see it. Um, right. You might see the, you, no, no, no point do you see him kill mm. a kid. You see, no, him, no, no, you no. see him in the crosshairs. Yeah. You hear a gunshot, yeah, and it cuts right. like immediately to him like shooting. Did that happen in American Sniper? Didn't he kill a kid in that? I feel like uh, it did. Uh, maybe. Then the kid like had a remote or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I could do anything. How about his? We saw the trailer for that Mule, mule movie. Mule. <laughs> he's he's, old. he's old. He's so old. Eighty-eight. Yeah, I, I know. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is we'll, we'll get back to it in a second, but I was listening to a podcast with um. Oh uh, boy, uh boy! I can't remember who it was now, but he was saying um, he worked on a Clint Eastwood. It was Jeff Daniels, and he said uh, he worked on the movie Blood Work. And he said yeah. when Clint Eastwood directs, he's just like it's one take. He's like, all right, whenever you're ready, and that means like action. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like, all right, we got it. <laughs> and you Jeff sure Dan- you don't want me to do another. <laughs> Jeff Daniels said at like one point he like he had like a monologue and he just he butchered the entire thing. And Clint Eastwood was like, do you want to do a try it again? <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, <laughs> I would. Um, Clint was just like, oh. yeah, right. But but anyway. Uh, um, so after, after the, the family's dead, he, he also kills about 600 birds and like yeah. lines them all up and yep. he kind of poses them all. Yeah. But is that, that, I don't think that is film. It looks like a Wes Anderson, like, that's what it reminded me of. What he, he just how like symmetrical it is. It looked like, a, I think he tried to make it look like a family Christmas card. Right. It has like mm-hmm. the, yep. like the pine around the so border. it's like a pine frame. And that's like his, his art, but it looked, it didn't look, it didn't look like it was filmed. It looked like a weird, like Wes Anderson, like opening credit kind of yeah, like drawing I know what you mean, yeah. weird thing. Uh-huh. But that's the only time you really see like the carnage, I guess, to the, to the family until 
uh, the boy who was was being grumpy. Uh, uh, who he calls? Then this grumpy. this is where everyone everyone certainly left. Um, yeah. This is where I yeah. had to um, pretend I was scratching my eyes. Just when you see, <laughs> just when you see the little boy's little cold blue dead hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like not that. good. I didn't like that at all. So what he does is he uh, he takes tools to the boy's face to put like a smile on his face, yeah. kind of like a. And he looks like a. And he poses him to be like waving. Ventriloquist. On and me. throughout the movie. This is that's and that's what I said to you guys afterwards. Throughout the movie, that's the one thing that really got me because he's yeah. always like in the frame mm-hmm. when they're in the freezer and he's just like exactly. got this grin yeah. and he's like waving yeah. and that's really really dark. You always see Grumpy back then. Yeah, like Grumpy twelve, is what he 12 calls years him, right? on. Right, and he's like still yeah. in that freezer like that. Oh. And, and that's that's when they get into like like mass killing women, children, everyone through through history. That's that's his his Holocaust bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, the fourth incident I really liked. Uh, but that's how I just want to. Yeah to cap off the third incident like i thought that was the most like vile thing i've ever oh, seen sure. in a movie yeah no no one like, got, i can't no believe one like he that, did yeah. that to these two kids and their mom mm-hmm. and it's like so it's so wild i'm still thinking about it and at the same time mm-hmm. like i just said i loved how they did it too yeah like i loved like, yeah, what, i loved what was the worst thing <laughs> Yeah, he damn, sure he sure did. Damn you, Lars Vonder. <laughs> he sure did. Um, yeah, it's yeah. That's how you know. I don't know. Uh, it's a it's a crazy movie. Well, I mean, you know, in in our previous episode about the best uh, best openings in movie history, you you admired the darkest. Well, yeah, no, it's probably yeah. the lightest part of Antichrist was the, the yeah. baby falling out the window. Right. But oh, you know, one of the darkest things the way the way he presents it. Said some crazy things on here. Yeah, he really Seven episodes. <laughs> we, we should not have mentioned Lars Von Trier this much. Um, <laughs> Incident four is yep. with uh, the actress Riley Keough. She plays, uh, she just plays um, like a like a younger girl that he's he's dating. Um, he's really, and and this is kind of cool too. Again, they don't you have no idea what's going on, but he like gets to her apartment and they're in a fight. Like they're just in a fight about something, and she's like, "I yeah. just hate the way you look at me." And mm-hmm. he goes in like the other room and he calls her like on the phone from the other room, and he's like yeah. very charming in the scene to kind of win her back yep. in a good graces. So he, the scene gets more and more bizarre um, to a point where uh, she runs out of the apartment to find a cop. And there's a cop parked right out front. So it's this young girl. She's like hysterical. Got a serial killer in the apartment. She runs out, bangs on the cop's windshield. And the first thing the cop says, like, are you drunk? And I think this is kind of his, his like, not necessarily amends, but like when he deals with, with, like this is him dealing with, I guess, the injustice towards women. And he said that there was he he keep, he keeps making comments like the movie was inspired by Donald Trump becoming president. So the way women are treated by the by the police, he just says, "Are you drunk, ma'am?" and like doesn't help her. And right. Matt Dillon understands that, and mm-hmm. you know shows the cop that he probably should have helped her <laughs> at the end. Yep. Um. <clears throat> so in, in the scene, uh, he he basically like undresses her and like a surgeon would if they're doing like a yeah. like a breast augmentation mm-hmm. would he puts like dotted lines, lines like around her breasts yeah. and then he takes out three knives and is holding her head and telling her to pick which knife yep. and so on the dullest knife he like nods her head forward and then the next thing you see is him putting her severed breast on the cop's windshield yeah and he does it because the cop's out of his car because he's yelling at a black kid for yeah. trespassing mm-hmm. so i think that's his kind of like like comment and Social it's, it's kind of a, yeah, yeah it's kind of a brief scene but on like you know obviously the some police officers added towards to added toward to towards black people and women because he says to the woman like uh 
are you, are you drunk, ma'am? Like, you and yep. your boyfriend stop in the bottle and whatever. And then when he goes out to put the severed breast on the cop's windshield, the cop misses the serial killer because he's yelling at a black kid for yeah. not being where he should be. Um, but in that scene, is <laughs> Matt Dillon just goes to the cop and says, yes, I've killed 60 yeah, people. So, <laughs> he's just screaming in the streets. Yeah, so that scene is great. That's another one that kind of reminded me, like the first one, it kind of reminds me of like a um, like typical like horror murderers in the house kind of yep like when you know when he's like when she realizes it like you're mr sophistication that's what Mm -hmm. he calls himself yeah right and she like starts to realize that you can like see it in her face and then he's like if you want to scream right now you probably Mm -hmm. should like that's like that was great so she's screaming he's screaming he's screaming with her he goes to the window and he's like somebody help mr mr sophistication's in my apartment somebody help and and he like they're, like they're in a big co- apartment caught. complex, and his point is like no one cares. Yeah, like no one's gonna help. Yeah. Like not even the police are gonna help you. Um, he's literally just screaming out the window before he he I I guess he they don't really show him do anything with the body after. No, he puts the the one boob on the windshield and then he makes a wallet out of the other one, which yeah, <laughs> which appears later, which is gruesome. But um, yeah, so that that was I guess his 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 social injustice uh, comment. And then um, um, also his comment on like, you know, society probably should help out a little bit more. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that too. Like I'll hear people yelling and not do anything. Right. Yeah. I just think it's somebody drunk outside. <laughs> <laughs> just now, now I'm going to change my, my attitude. Oh man. Um, Still not going to do anything, but I'll, think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'll think maybe someone's getting murdered over there. So one thing that, that I also wanted to mention and I, and I like it and I, I think it, kind of harkens back to the progression of the movie is um, there's a cartoon illustration and he's Matt Dillon's character. Jack is explaining to to the guy walking to hell verge what it's like. And he says like, you know, after I kill somebody, it's like I'm under one light post. And yeah. as I walk from that light post the shadows behind me, and it's, 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 it's or the shadows in front of me and it's like, it starts wait. to grow. Yeah, yeah. It starts to grow and it's like big and I feel like great and I feel strong. Okay. And then as I keep walking away from the light, the shadow gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then when I get close to the next light, the shadow is like behind me and it's like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I feel like panic and I feel uncomfortable and I, I have to do it again to, to yeah. change the cycle. Mm-hmm. And he says like Verge says, well, that's any alcoholic, any drug addict. That's the exact same thing. And in a way, that's sort of what it is. And I also felt like he at the time they said that because he has this horrible OCD we see in the second the second act and he kind of overcomes it. And he gets like sloppier. Yeah. And so he's almost at a point where. He might not want to get caught, but he doesn't have this OCD anymore because the serial killing is is helping his OCD. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and I might be reading too much into it, but if, it feels like, you know, they always say, you know, people that are alcoholics, when they give up alcohol, they hit the gym. And they're just in that gym. That's that's their new addiction. Right. Like, that's their new thing. And, uh, um, or their new, I guess their new, that's the way they scratch the sure. itch. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of what he, he is like. Like, he obviously had these, I mean, they show him as a kid one time and he, you know, mutilates a, a duck. And yeah. I could not watch that. I knew it was coming because mm-hmm. I know Peter, like, released a statement. They were like, no, we're cool with it. Like, an animal wasn't harmed, yeah. and this is important to show this is a sign to look for in kids that yep. there could be something going on. So I, I couldn't watch that, though. Did you watch that scene? Yeah. It's so... Couldn't do it. It's so quick. Couldn't do it. You he cut, it cuts a leg off a duck. No, I knew yeah. it was coming. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, looked up, and the duck was... He, like, I guess put it back in the water, and it was, like, struggling to swim. Yeah, it's very... Yeah. It's just very quick. Like nope. a duck like swims by on me, like picks it up. Nope. Like, oh. I can watch him making a taxidermy like, kid, but not just, like, looks cutting the leg duck off the, the whole time and like picks up the scissors behind him and yeah. just like quickly like, just like They actually got to play the kid off. was good yeah. too, because he looked like 
he looked like a serial killer that kid yeah just really snips his looking. leg off yeah. doesn't even flinch puts yeah. him right back in the water yeah, and then, yeah, then the thing. ducks just kind of like flailing around in the water yeah. and that's dark, the whole scene dark kid. it's like quick scene but um it's, yeah it's pretty brutal. but he obviously yeah he obviously had some sort of issues as a kid and this is at least i think and they don't they don't explicitly say this but i feel like it's kind of his serial killing is just a and verge keeps pressing him on like did you not have a family is that why you did the family thing like what what's the what's the issue and and you gather that his parents probably died when he was young because he said he inherited all this money like years ago so i I guess you could make that assumption that both his parents died if he inherited money in that plot of land to build the house on um and you would assume he's an only child if he's the one getting the money in the the land it's kind of in the middle of nowhere but they don't really get into into his backstory at all so you kind of have to connect those dots, but but you know that there's something psychologically there, and sure. and maybe the killing does cure it up to a point. But then he gets to a point where, in Incident Five, it's like, all right, he's now trying to yeah. to to get himself to get himself caught, right? Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so Incident Five is all takes place in the in the meat locker, and he um he wants to do an experiment again. That I, did he say it was like a concentration camp experiment? He said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he lined up ten, 10 guys, um, like, and they're they're staggered, but their heads are all at the same level in the same place. Yeah. So what they try to do, I guess, he's explaining the Holocaust was use only one bullet to save save money and mm-hmm. ammunition. If they can line them up, can they get one bullet to kill ten people? Right. So he's planning to do this, and he's really sloppy with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, he. He basically gets caught by somebody you don't know the character at all, but it's like a friend of his who who calls the cops on him because they think he's robbing houses. Right. And yeah. uh um so the cops are he now knows they're coming, and this is where things get really, really haywire yeah, at, at the end. This um, is where the turn happens. Yeah. The so turn. <laughs> I, I don't really even know how to how to get into explaining this. Um other than as I said, there's the running joke where he can't get the right materials to build his house and he's trying to build it like this lakefront house and he's using right. stone and gets mm-hmm. it bulldozed he uses wood he gets that bulldozed um so he can't quite figure figure it out um and so he has all the guys lined up and there's a room in the meat locker that he has not been able able to open like a door he yeah, couldn't open for yet. the whole movie yeah so he gets it open he goes in there because he has to back up because the scope on the gun if it's too close he it's all fuzzy so he has to get into this next room so he finally gets the door open goes in there and then you meet verge yeah who he's you been talking to the entire yeah. time and then it kind of begins their conversations that you've been hearing throughout the movie yeah. mm-hmm. um so he uh uh you know the house that he builds is bills builds is out of all the corpses that he has frozen yep. and it's just a little house and there's a hole in the middle and uh it's i guess that okay he killed all these people so he's going to hell and mm-hmm. now he goes into this house of all the people that he killed and uh verge is welcome to hell and that yep. is uh the epilogue of, so, of the yeah. movie so he jumps down this little hole that's in his house of corpses made of corpses mm-hmm. and it seems like they're almost first they're in like a sewer they're, you're, yeah they're that's what it it's seems like, like muddy water and like, like muddy water cavernous. and then yeah then it becomes cavernous but it's how, shot on like a gopro for a good part of it the whole sequence of him going to hell it's another thing he does not give a shit about like the cameras that he it, uses it, it was <laughs> it's like a I, beautiful like film camera i thought it was like, like an iphone <laughs> right for that scene it probably was it yeah. just looks like a documentary yeah and then there's a part in it where him and Virgil on a boat, and it's like right, a, and it's like the craziest, like slow mo camera that you can get. But it, I love that the people effect. don't even really look 
it looks like an oil painting. Right. Like, yeah. this, this, it was all, like, the scene, the epilogue part of him going to hell is over my head and really long. Yeah. Like, the endings of all it his becomes, movies. But just the way it looks and the way he shoots everything different throughout the, like, and there's, like, some, I, I mean, green screen in there, I guess, is at, sure. at the end, yeah. and it looks kind of cool, and it's mm-hmm. very much like, like, what picture books show you hell looks like, fire yeah. and brimstone. Yep. And, um you know, they're having the same conversation. You're hearing the conversations over and over again, but you're seeing where they were when they're actually having the conversations yeah. as he's descending into hell. And um, the ending's kind of... Uh, it's like... It literally, I, I wasn't a fan of the epilogue. It becomes like I, Lord I of the Rings. Yeah, I didn't like... I, I just liked... <laughs> I just liked all like the, Mordor. He used like eight different techniques to show it, though, to show hell, like different camera techniques. It right. Was, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, yeah. The... The very the very end is is Matt Dillon. They get to a bridge, and uh, a broken bridge. And Verge explains to him like, like I'm just taking you down here, um, f- like to show you something. But believe it or not, you're not this far down in hell. Like you're still a couple rungs down there, and you're not you're not in those rungs. Although right. he's a terrible person, but mm-hmm. obviously he's alluding to the Hitlers of the world who would be in this just a pit of lava. So there's a bridge that's broken in the middle. And Verge explains that the bridge is up to heaven, but it's broken now. And Matt Dillon's like, well, has anyone ever tried to like yeah. climb like, around on the rock wall like the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to get to the other side, uh, which is just a pit of lava beneath him? And Verge's like, yeah, people have tried. No one's succeeded. So like Matt Dillon tries, falls into the pit of lava. And mm-hmm. credits, that's and it. the song of credits is Hit the Road, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's, like that's what he thinks is funny, yeah. you know? Just after he fed you two and a half hours <laughs> exactly. of all that, it's just Hit the Road, um, Jack. But yeah, the, so the, the the ending, there's it means something there, and I probably haven't quite figured out exactly what it what it is yet. Yeah, but it, I, I just thought it looked cool. <laughs> that's the thing that puts a pit in my stomach. There's yeah. so much that I didn't, I still need to like take in. But I don't want to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just one that I, that I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. But yeah, it's not what I need to need to really see again. Although I do, I do yeah. want to see the director's cut when that comes out. If I can get a get my hands on that, I do want I do want to see yeah. that because I want to see what they cut out of it. It has to be right. horrible. Um, <clears throat> so after after the movie, we're walking out of the theater and we're like right on Chestnut Street, and this it was just it was like almost too perfect for the movie we just watched. This like young girl. She's probably like 23 and like 100 pounds stops us and is like, like, can you guys help me? And we kind of walk over and she's like, what do you think this sign means? And it's like a street sign. And there's like eight different things on it. It was like, you can park a scooter here, but from here to the curb, it's a car and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm just kind of looking at it. I was like, hey, we're probably fine. Like, you're probably good um, here. And it was kind of like, it had different hours. There's literally eight different, it's right. like right outside of the Liberty Building on, on Chestnut. So there's yeah. a million different like restrictions and i was like you know why don't you just move up like behind that van because there's one of those like electronic parking meters yeah like just right there and i was like if you park in front of that you're probably fine and it was i don't know maybe 30 feet up i was like just just pull up and she's like yeah but it's like better for me here uh when i come out and i was like i was like all right okay. then, then leave it here and we <laughs> yeah. just kind of like walked away <laughs> and i was just like you know it's funny because we just see this movie about like like matt dillon would have yeah. just taken her and killed her like just immediately yeah. but the, but there are still some some normal people in the world some nice people in the world and then, uh, of course, Dee was just like, like she asked for our help. <laughs> we give her help, and then she doesn't want to take it. <laughs> like, yep. It's always the men's so, fault. There's so like true. a huge monologue about that before he cuts the woman's breast oh, off. Oh, yeah, that's that's another thing that people definitely uh, definitely yeah. would have taken. But you have to remember, it's from the serial killer's point right. of view. 
Yeah, where a whole monologue yeah. about how everything's like a man's fault. Correct. Yeah, and Lars von Trier probably believes that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in his, in his yeah. heart of hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, the women never get blamed for anything. So, uh, you know, I've seen reviews for this movie kind of all over the place. Um, they're they're really, you know, they're 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 people who I mean, I read one review that was just like, don't see this movie, whatever you do, and it's like when Matt Dillon cuts Riley Keough's breast off, and it's like it's a movie. Yeah. Like it's not like a documentary, although. Right. Maybe right. at some and points wants it to feel like that. Like you said, you said it um, when we were walking out. You were like, "That's not even in the top ten oh, no. most violent things no. I've ever seen." And not I even was, close. I started to think about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I, don't, I really don't think it is." Like, there's worse no. on Game of Thrones. Like oh, Game of sure, Thrones yeah. is so much more brutal. It's like how I was saying, he doesn't really follow tropes. No. So like everything, like his decision making, the camera yeah. work, all that. There's no score. Everything seems mm-hmm. so much more like raw and unsettling that's yeah. why it's rough for people and and yeah exactly it's like not as violent as like so much stuff that's on like cable no and, and i said that the the scene where he strangles a woman is the second most unsettling death scene i've ever seen the first is that movie uh, the jacques aidar movie a prophet where yeah, the, the heard of it. so it's like a younger guy who goes to prison um and he sort of gets mixed up with like a gang and he has to kill somebody and he has like a very like a like like a very small razor blade to kill this guy and he doesn't want to do it. So he like, he he doesn't know how to do it. Doesn't want to do it. So he knows he has to do it though. So he's trying to kill this guy and he just can't, he can't kill him. He keeps cutting him, but he can't kill him. And it's just right. a bloodbath. Yeah. This movie doesn't really have, have the, there's not a ton of gore. Right. And it's not like there's the one scene that's where like some blood squirts out, but it's not, it's not really right. Gory. Like, say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like seeing the taxidermied kid like over his shoulder, like half <laughs> yeah. in focus, is like it's somehow worse than it is. A lot of your like typical violence. Yeah, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, that is the worst thing ever. Um, overall, I mean, you know, if if you're probably intrigued to see the, I mean, we're just intrigued to see the movie because of everything yeah. we heard, we heard mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I mean, I think it was worth worth seeing it. It's not the best movie. Um, ever, I'm still not fully done thinking about it. I think I like it more now than I did when I walked out of the theater. Me too. From just just being able to think about it a little bit, um, but I don't think you can really deny that that this guy's a pretty good director. Yeah, and absolutely. if he channeled his his ability into, you know, he's never come to the U.S. He's never been in the United States. I did not. Know I'm that. curious as to where they filmed the the mo- this movie. I, I meant to look that up, but I didn't. Um, yeah, it says Canada. Never, maybe? I was. <laughs> we should do a segment where. Um, we just read IMDb trivia because there's some stuff on IMDb trivia that's so stupid. There, <laughs> there's one from Matt Dillon, and it was like, it was like Matt Dillon spent New Year's 2006 in Brazil. <laughs> that's like a piece of IMDb <laughs> trivia. Um, Good year. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a strange guy. Um, dire- other directors love him. Germany, France, Denmark, Sweden. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah those it's are crazy, his, his stomping grounds. Um, uh, uh, people Paul Thomas him. Anderson loves them. Really, um, yeah. Johnny Depp always says, "Like, just just call me. Like, I'm, I'm there if, if right. you want to do something." <laughs> and Lars is like, oh. uh, "Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much." He never put Johnny Depp in I, one of his movies. I know. Um, Scorsese had Breaking the Waves is one of his best movies of the '90s. Um, oh, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, I thought he was like completely no, lost by everybody. I think he's respected. I mean, respected by by some, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's some 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 things that he was working through in that movie and he's definitely a, a unique unique guy a lot of quirks a lot of um a lot of oddities but you know up until i think nymphomaniac in this movie he was either on drugs or battling depression when he made movies right so this is one of his more straightforward movies until the 
epilogue <laughs> but right <laughs> but but even then you, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt because it's it's an engaging movie for two and a half hours yeah yeah um yeah it's weird i feel like i can't say that i liked this but yeah it's a, it's a hard it, one to like damn it do i respect yeah. <laughs> uh now what do you think about the theater we saw it in i thought it would be great for like open mic stand-up <laughs> it was just as we described chairs like yeah. the, do you call them doctor's office waiting room chairs Oddly enough, you can't wait in that theater. I but mean, the screen was a good size. The screen was fine. Was the projection was... Curious about how that was going to work. Yeah, projection was, was fine. It was good, yeah. clean, um, but just, it just strange, such an odd environment to watch, room, watch a movie. Yeah. And we like, kind of walked in, and there was like another couple in there, and they were just kind of like looking at us like, like do we just this do, actually like, do we it? sit here? Like, what, 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 what is going on? Um, yeah, it's an interesting place. I'm, I'm still I'm still bitter about about being uh, booted out. I should have made a scene. We could have free movies for yeah. life. You don't get that at Bryn Mawr. You don't get that at Bryn Mawr. We're going to send some nasty tweets on our Talking Picture Talk account. Yeah, I was going Not to until she apologized. Accounts. I didn't want to do it. Like, I was so heated when I had to leave the theater. I didn't want to do it then because then they might not let us in the theater to see the movie. Yeah. So I was going to do that, but then she apologized. So I'll just blast them on here and <laughs> tweet at them. But uh, uh, yeah, interesting movie going experience for, for an interesting movie. Absolutely. Christmas movies. All right. <laughs> it's that time of the season. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get into it. We are... An hour in. What do you want to... Anything else? Anything else you want to say? Oh, an hour in? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Christmas Vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'll use this time to uh, plug another podcast called Wood and the Bone. I know them. They talk about They pay you for this? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they promoted us recently, so... They're also the on... podcast board. is called Wood and the Bone. They just reviewed recently. They'd pick a movie, watch it, and review it, and they just did Christmas Vacation. It was great. They're also... Um, they're on board with us. I, I saw they just put on Facebook... Uh, um, just like a horrible review for Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> oh, I, I gotta <laughs> so, it's it's getting destroyed. It looks just awful. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I like Bad Santa. That's what I watch this time of year. I always catch a little bit of a Christmas story. But Excellent. It's fine. Yeah, Christmas Vacation I like a lot. Elf I do like. Um, Elf is solid. On the other side of things, a movie, uh, The Family Stone. You ever see that? <laughs> no, but Char's gonna love this part. Oh uh, yeah, that's no, it's it's it's, it's, it's a, Craig she... T. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, dude, Craig T. Nelson's the best. <laughs> I've never seen it, but she loves it. I told her you had two copies. Oh yeah. I don't. What you have? You have two copies. Why do you have two copies? Uh, I'm <laughs> guessing my mom like bought it and then Forgot bought it that, for my sister or something because uh, <laughs> we had two copies of that and The Dark Knight Returns. She Char got like the was it like the Showtime extension on Hulu, so you have to pay extra uh-huh. just so she could watch the Family Stone. I told her you had the. <laughs> other copy and she's like i don't want to bother him yikes um that's that's a pretty good christmas movie it's uh, i think luke wilson's in it yeah uh, Rachel Adams. yeah oh yeah it's right sarah jessica parker yeah, and of I course know. craig t nelson it's just like uh it's just like a movie where she um where she uh she goes to like her boyfriend's family for christmas and they don't like her that's like basically it so i look all right you got a uh a recommendation outside of a christmas movie oh god i forgot we were doing those um I'm going to say Inception. Okay. I was just watching it before I came over here. Oh, were you? Caught the last, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. What do Still you think? The top, top go Still down? Still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I saw midnight screening that on a Thursday night. Is that... And, so, if it goes down, it means it's they're not dreaming? He's if, not dreaming. if it falls over, he's not dreaming, yeah. That's what yeah, they cut... Yeah, it does, like, a little wobble. I don't know. They, they cut away uh, <laughs> Nolan. That was he got up his sleeve. Um, I thought I thought we were talking about Amy Adams this podcast. <laughs> this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> she'll, uh, she'll be, another... <laughs> she'll be soon. Yeah, let's let's... <laughs> Let's go into that real quick. I have like 10 plus ideas on my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then every week 
Joe's like, Joe's like, we can do one of those or like, want to do like Amy Adams? <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, that's a great idea. I, I always try to think of somebody who has like a few movies that we've seen all of. So yeah. it was like Charlie Kaufman. He started like three movies. <laughs> um, but my recommendation is going to be uh, Amy Adams' breakout role, her first Oscar nomination, a movie called Junebug, um, which uh, is another movie. That, that, when I saw, said The Family Stone, it kind of reminded me of it. But Junebug is about, um, um, you know, a woman who's like an art dealer in Chicago goes to North Carolina to spend time with her husband's family. And Amy Adams plays uh, this woman's husband's sister-in-law. And she's just like, she's pregnant and she's just like, like a chatterbox and she will not shut up. And her husband's played by uh, the OC's Ben McKenzie. Uh, I was thinking, I think, I think, I think we have to, we have to just, just lay down the Joe C. I just review. (laughs) I just talked about the OC. Um, I actually forgot whole new podcast. I, I forgot. I forgot Ben McKenzie was in this movie, but uh, but he's he's really good in it. Just is like he doesn't. He really can't express himself. And Amy Adams just does nothing but talk, but at the same time doesn't really express her feelings. Um, but she she's great in it. It's a really good movie. Uh, June Bug. She is a uh, such a solid actress. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. come we're gonna come well, back to that episode. That's we're what I said. Um, yeah, I think she's been nominated for five Academy Awards, and she's in like ten movies. When you think about yeah. it, she's really not in a lot of movies. She's, yeah. But uh, but our next will be the top ten of the year. And then, and then Amy Adams. And then Amy so there's Adams. something for you to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have goals. So after uh, it's what December twentieth now. We'll probably have something out after February. The New Year. I gotta I gotta see I gotta see so many movies. I'm gonna watch. Um, what like before the New Year? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I want to see. Roma. Gotta see Roma. Did you watch it? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm Netflix, gonna watch so. that. I watched that. The Battle Buster Scruggs. It's really good. Uh, how was that? It was good. It's really good. It's really dark. Really, really dark. Like there's. Six, six vignettes, um, and the first one is the Battle of Buster Scruggs with uh, Tim Blake Nelson, and he's like a singing cowboy, but he's like really violent. Right. Um, and then after that, it is dark. There's one with um, <laughs> the my, house that Jack built. Dark. Mm, nothing's that dark, <laughs> but there's like a well, actually, in a way worse. There's there's one of the vignettes is with Liam Neeson. I don't know what's worse. Anymore. Oh I, don't, I don't know what worse is anymore. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that one's that was an affecting movie. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna watch that movie up. It's called Minding the Gap. And The Ringer, which yeah, is like the Bill Simmons uh, sports and entertainment website, they had Minding the Gap as the second or their second favorite movie of the year. It's on Hulu. It's about it's a documentary about skateboarders, I think. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> Check it out. 13-year-old <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So after the new year, I guess we'll have our have our top 10 list from 2018. Working yes, on that sir. now. All right. Is that it? Wrap this up. All right. Um, it's a good house, Jack. <laughs> That's what he says. It's just like... Corpses stacked look like a like a home. But who was he supposed to be? Verge. One. In, like a, I mean, he's like a priest, right? Well, he's he has from, like priest garb on. He um, I is he supposed to be like? A I saw a review. Name? They called him a priest, but uh, in like a what is it? Dante. Uh, oh, Dante's Inferno. No. Um. There's some like. There's a character in in I don't I don't even know if it's called a book. Whatever Dante does. Um, it was uh, called Virgil, and that's just who he is. But he's just like, Virgil, and he he's guiding the main character through hell. Okay, so it's so just, just like a guy, direct ripoff, yeah. Horrible people. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what what an odd job. What an interesting uh, interesting job that would be. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to listen to those horrible stories. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. he's like, "Not going to tell me anything I haven't heard before." And Jack's like, <laughs> hold, "Hold my beer," <laughs> as they say. Wonder what it pays. Um, all right. If you've made it this far, um, I'm, I, I don't know if I can recommend it or not. No, we saw, this is just like, we this saw is crazy so you don't have to. because 
that's exactly what I said about um, Sorry to Bother You as well. Yeah. Sorry to Bother You is like the most bizarre movie I've ever seen. This one was the most darkest and mm-hmm. both like within a couple months of each other. Eh. 2018 has been wild. I would say say it. You might, you might get something from it. Yeah, say it. You might learn a thing or two. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for uh, listening. To our Christmas special. <laughs> our Christmas episode on the house that Jack built. <laughs> like 72 hours away from the holidays. <laughs> this is what we go out with. Um, enjoy your holiday. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.